0: That's the whinging out of the way before we actually start the
1: episode. (laughs) Yeah, Um, best not to talk about that.
0: Oh no, what a bit like it's really awkward because I always usually start the episode with like, oh, you know, hello guest, how are you doing? And it's like now it's like I don't know what to I don't. Should we just? (laughs) Should we just start talking about the films Ah! (laughs) quicker? Bonjour, lovelies. Welcome to episode 110 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the aforementioned Stacey, and joining me in the parlour this month uh, for a waffling about pop culture nonsense is my good friend and friend of the parlour, Phil Thomas. Phil's club,
1: Phil's club, Phil's club. I said Phil's club, Phil's club, Phil's club, Phil's club.
0: I was dancing. Sorry. (laughs) I I
1: don't know where I was going to go with that. <laughs> hello, hello, listeners. Hello,
0: <laughs> I was very tempted to try and join in, but I was trying to say. I was thinking to myself, I can't go. Boys not allowed because Phil is a boy.
1: Well, that's and, the um, and then you
0: wouldn't be allowed in your own club.
1: Oh but we're allowed one.
0: <laughs> uh, You've been listening to a lot of Mark Robero, then, dear. <laughs> I really
1: have, to be honest.
0: He's so good.
1: He just doesn't give a shit, does he?
0: Oh God, I love. I love um, just leaping right into it, guys, because we don't want to small talk. We've, we've already pre-discussed how we're not small talking because it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I had, He put up a video on Instagram the other day that was like a song about how racism sucks.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's like, I love him so much because on the one hand, you think looking at, looking at that you think a white guy in his underpants singing about racism feels like it might be a joke but you can tell it's yeah. absolutely not yeah. like he he very much means it and his music is fucking cracking regardless of whatever the shit he's singing about he's so good
1: it's just the mate he just literally doesn't give a shit does he, he just gets into his freestyle and just says what he wants to say
0: not even half of a shit and i love the fact that his performance aesthetic is a pair of boxers and a kimono most of the time <laughs> It's just wonderful. We do like
1: feel... of... so, Karen.
0: No, no, go for, go for it.
1: You've been doing like loads of like drive-ins and things like that as well during the pandemic. So he's just like on a stage with people just in their cars just watching. <laughs>
0: uh, Oh, oh, that seems like it would be so much fun. I feel like I do need to uh, offer him an apology, though, because Girls Club, the song that Phil was just referencing at the start there, was uh, my recommendation. Oh, God, fucking hell. I can't talk. (laughs) I'm so so tired. It was my song recommendation, there we go, of the last episode And I was trying to fathom out how to pronounce his name And I said, oh, it's got to be either Rebellette or Rebelay. It's neither, it's Rubier well,
1: <laughs> so At least you were close, you were in the ballpark
0: I tried, I tried really hard and I still failed But anyway, I'm sorry, Mark Rubier, you've got uh, lovely underpants And I love you Anyway <laughs> Anyway, moving on <laughs> Well, since we're talking about music, should we do the unnamed song recommendation segment first? Ooh, go on then. Go on then. Go Go on, on, Phil. Uh,
1: My recommendation is It's Alright by Skies.
0: I've never heard of the song or the band. Yeah.
1: Uh, they, they exist, I promise you. This isn't just a fill name. <laughs> it's not Is it Skies
0: yet. spelt like S-K-V-Y? No, no, it's
1: <laughs> spelled as you would expect, spelt normally. <laughs> um, it's kind of a uh, poppy poppy duo, um, and it's just a really kind of uplifting song, which you kind of need right about now, about yeah. how it's going to be all right and how things will be all right on the other side. So oh, for okay. me, that that's that's what i've been listening to a lot lately
0: oh good yeah i uh i was <laughs> i was talking to rich about this the other day and i was saying i think i need to separate i've got a playlist on spotify of like all of my favorite tunes that <laughs> i just like usually stick on shuffle yeah. and i think i need to separate like the downbeat ones <laughs> from the upbeat ones because um a couple of weeks ago just it was the day before you and key came over for a beers and a laugh and uh I was having like quite an upbeat day at work and I'd got like my playlist on and I was singing and I was dancing in my chair while I was working and I was like, sometimes working from home is great. And then in the middle of that, Brothers on a Hotel Bed by Death Cab for Cutie came on, which might be one of the most <laughs> depressing songs in the history and of
1: productivity life. just...
0: Oh. I was like, oh no, skip. <laughs> but anyway, that's not my recommendation, although it is a good song. I'm going with Dancing in My Bedroom by Planet Booty, which is... On a similar vein to Phil, chosen because it's a good song to, like, put your troubles in the bin and have a dance around your bedroom to, which I wholeheartedly recommend to anybody who's feeling a bit blue right now, because dancing is great. Even if you shit at it, it's so much fun.
1: Um, They are very much a band for that, aren't they? They just don't, you know, again, like like we were talking about, just don't give a shit about their stage aesthetic and just get on yeah. and everyone's equal. And everyone can dance and have a good time.
0: Absolutely. I went onto their, um, onto their Twitter account earlier to see like how they would describe their own music and their bio says that they are sex, body and dance positive electro-funk and I was like, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> a nutshell, genre, it?
1: that's a thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it gives you any indication of how fantastic they are, they do go out on stage with a disco ball butt that they spin around with their own hands. So, you know, (laughs) I think they're a a pretty good band for listening to when you're feeling a bit down. Because I think think it's impossible to be sad when listening to Planet Booty. Yeah, Um, yeah. So that's my recommendation for a little summer dance time.
1: I have to say, I think when when we saw them live, they were just... You know, so full of enthusiasm and energy, and it was hard to, you know, it was impossible to stay still.
0: Yeah, it really was. That whole gig, because we, we saw them uh, supporting Ninja Sex Party with TWRP, and it was, like, impossible to not have fun at that gig. Like, they could have all been technically shit, I think, and I'd have still been like, yeah, come <laughs> in arms, when I came out, because it was just so much goddamn fun.
1: Yeah. I think that's what the world needs right now a bit of fun you know there's a time and a place for seriousness and and you know let's leave politics and elections and stuff for the, you know for, for aside for the most part you just want that like, <laughs> that fucking kitchen dance party where you just pack up your troubles in your old kit bag
0: yeah i uh, i'm definitely going to i'm going to make it what i might do is make a little like is dancing in your kitchen playlist and and stick it on spotify for people to have if they want it yeah, uh, yeah that'll be that'd good be- i'll do that
1: and are you getting together like a, a parlour playlist of all the recommendations and all the tracks from. Do
0: you know what? I haven't thought to do that, but I will. <laughs> now you've said it, I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Oh, uh...
1: down there for dancing?
0: <laughs> a
1: binky <baking> pot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Helicopter Dick, what? Um... <laughs> Phil. think just says what? Oh, don't. We watched Wayne's World again the other day.
1: No, d- you watched Wayne's World? Never. I
0: just, do you know what? I used to like that film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still do. I just, you know, when you feel like you've definitely seen something too many times.
1: Um. <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, you get to that point where you you can quote every single line of a film. And it's like maybe occasionally you should just
0: give it a little rest. yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about Wayne's World now. I hope Rich doesn't listen to this episode. He will, and then he'll kick me, but oh well. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's one of those films that, like, if it happens to be on when we're not doing anything, Rich will always leave it on, and I'm like, we could be watching. There's so many films I haven't seen. Like, everybody knows this. There's so many films I haven't seen. You know, we could a thousand percent watch something else.
1: Oh God, well that, that was me at the start of fucking lockdown. I've got like a watch list of thousands of fucking films to watch and I just spent like an entire month watching those Hallmark Murder Mysteries.
0: Yeah, just why did you do that? For-
1: <laughs> I don't know. They're just so easy, and it was just like this is my brain melting into jelly, but it's familiar jelly. Mm-hmm.
0: I can see that. To be fair, I um when I <laughs> after the last live podcast and my brain fell over a bit, I went through a phase where I just couldn't watch anything new. Because I just couldn't take it in or enjoy it really, so I watched a lot of things and listened to a lot of things that were comfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, that's you know that's one of the things about comfortability, you know, it's for, for people to turn to.
0: Mm. I noticed from your letterbox that uh-huh. you watched all of the Saw films yesterday.
1: I did the first five. I've still got three more to go.
0: I have to. I have to ask because. Yep. From my experience of watching the Saw movies over the period of about two and a half weeks last year, I feel like it peaks at the first one. <laughs> so, like, how on earth did you sit through all of them in a row? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, boredom. Um, no, I <laughs> right.
1: think the the first one is the strongest one, and then once mm. it kind of loses the original writers and directors, and it just becomes that franchise turning machine, it it loses a lot of it. Especially as they keep trying to re-edit and re, you know, um, what's the word? Recon stuff into the timeline. Retcon, that's the word. Um, and then have stuff going concurrent. But yeah, it's, I I still, I still enjoy the, what's the word? Let's not be too, the, the the kind of torture porn genre Mm. as, as, as a, as a subgenre of horror films. Um, I think when they're, the traps are clever and when they're ingenious, it's like, I know you hated that. What was it? Escape room.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, I found elements of that that I enjoyed, but with with the Saw films, like I say, there's there's the horror bits that are clever, are good, but the characterisation after like the first, well, after the first two, maybe it just just gets bollocks. But (laughs) it's just I'm, I'm like the kind of thing I don't know. Rich is like that. Once you watch the first one, you you've got to kind of watch them all.
0: Yeah, I suppose with me and Rich, it's it's been a lot of stuff we haven't seen before though recently. So like when we watched saw so it was because we hadn't seen like all the other ones so we were like right we're going to watch them all in a row let's watch the first one again which i've got to say doesn't have a very good rewatchability factor so i think once you know the ending you sort of realize just how fucking hammy carrie always is like, Yeah, yeah the I whole mean, time hamtastic.
1: knowing the twist takes a lot out of it and like you say the acting isn't amazing but mm. i suppose for the budget although saying that we've lived with, with him and with uh danny glover and Michael Emerson and stuff, it still must have been a budget. But I don't know, I think there is the nostalgia factor to it and you've got to rate things for how you saw them at a time. But yeah. fuck it, mate, I've got plenty of time. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, Rich, Rich told me to tell you off, actually, because <laughs> he was like, I keep telling him to watch The Detroiters, which is a comedy series from 2017, but instead he's watched ted lasso and all of the soil movies i was like well i'm not going to tell him off because he's my friend but i will tell him that he should watch the detroiters because he should because it's good the the ted
1: lasso thing i just watched that first one just to see why rich was so uh uh what's the word pressing for me to watch it and i can safely say i regret watching it and will never watch another one
0: isn't it Um shit
1: yeah, oh my God. God, it's so
0: shit. Is it supposed to be funny? I can't tell.
1: I think it must be, but isn't it? Is based on like a skit in an advert or a promotion or something? Oh
0: God, so God I don't knows know. how it know. made
1: it to a full series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, TV. Um, I don't know. I think there are times when I'll, I'll sit and watch TV shows, especially chain and box sets and whatever, constantly, and then I'll have a couple of days off and watch some films. Mm-hmm. So Detroiters is up next on my TV list to watch, but I think oh, I've okay. got something to finish first.
0: Fair enough. The Saw movies. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that might happen tomorrow. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I feel like I've got to the point now where I haven't got anything good left to watch around Halloween because we've watched, like, literally all of the scary films. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we watched that, um, The Host, didn't we?
0: Oh God, we did what? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I had this on my list to review, and I don't know how to review this film because I think I only enjoyed it because of watching it with Rich and Kay, who were getting <laughs> very het up about the whole of it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because thinking back on it, the following day, like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again because I don't actually think it was that good. Thinking logically about it, it's like. Because I've seen a lot of articles that people have written about how it's like redefining the found footage genre and, you know, it's like a fucking quarantine uh. movie for the ages. And to me, it seems like every other found footage horror, and whilst it is better than... A lot of people compare it to Unfriended, which I can see why, because it's essentially the same story. It's like a Zoom call mm. gone supernatural. But an Unfriended is terrible. <laughs> But like,
1: but the, like the, the second one's supposed to be good. Tuesday.
0: Well, the second one is good, but it is not supernatural, and I think right. that's why it's good. Gotcha. Um, so I actually think it's more scary because it's real people doing things that could possibly be real. sort of if that makes sense yeah um so i can see why people are comparing it to that and saying that this is better because it is um but to me it's like it's very much a film where it's just like oh it's a scary thing oh it is another scary thing (laughs) like it's not actually that tense really i think i
1: think i was with you on on that night i mean I, i hate found footage and first person perspective films anyway they just take me out of it, and they seem, you know, the hammy and over the top. And this whole, you know, obviously during lockdown, we've we've seen the big rise of the Zoom things. And I haven't watched any of the, like the Parks and Rec Zoom or any of that kind of stuff because mm. I just think it kind of. I get it for like table reading ones, like the, the the Scott Pilgrim one. Yeah. The whole using Zoom as a tool to watch it, I don't, I don't enjoy it. So for me, I wasn't gonna like it going into it the film um but then as you say there were a couple of you know there were a couple of really good jumps but the majority of it was just average
0: yeah i think it it did very well by only limiting itself to being like 59 minutes or whatever it was because i think much longer and i would have been like no okay this is silly now and it's it's one of those things as well like I know that I should be suspending my disbelief about people carrying laptops everywhere in dilemmas. (laughs) Like I should be thinking to myself, don't let that bother you because this is the premise of the, like this is the, the thing of the film. They have to do this. Otherwise you don't see the bits you need to see. Yeah. But I think, I think, when we live in a day and age where people have mobile phones that you can use zoom and skype and stuff on i don't get why people don't do it that way because it's much more believable to me that somebody would run with a phone than that they would think to pick up their laptop off their desk and run with it yeah (laughs) and have it pointing at their face still the entire time like it just doesn't yeah that annoyed me and i think i think it It did that thing that I don't like that these movies do, which is I thought it was scarier when you couldn't really see what was going on. Like, you know, when a chair moved and you couldn't tell why, or like you could see something in the background, but you weren't sure what it was. So it really annoyed me when they had a couple of bits that were like very clear shots of very bad, like demon makeup people. There was one in particular where there was like a guy on fire and it, sort of he drops his camera and it pans across and there's just like a big weird blue face there going like rah, 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 and i was just like oh come on this is tantamount to one of those videos where like you know when you go on youtube and it's like oh my god somebody's spotted a ghost in the background of dumb and dumber so you watch yeah. it really close to your screen and then all of a sudden like an image of the kid from the exorcist pops up and you're like oh fuck Screams you in it you, you. shitter <laughs>
1: Um, and I think that that's unlike one of those videos, they, you know, those surprise things, you, you were expecting the jump. So although obviously the jumps and like you say, the, the, the lone figures did have an impact, I was mm. constantly waiting for them.
0: Yeah. The only one that I thought was tense was the very end one where they're taking photographs to light up the room. And so, you know, at some point they're going to take a photograph and something's going to happen. But it took a while to get there. So you were eventually like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do think it, the, the enjoyment for me came much more with uh, just watching Key um, and Ke- 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 Rich. Yeah. <laughs> just grabbing pillows and crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So. It, I don't think, you know, watching it on your own in the house would have no effect. Like you say, it is watching it with a few people. Um, a little bit tipsy. But then again, watching it in a cinema wouldn't really work kind of thing
0: yeah no it's uh, those sorts of films I think work best when you're watching them like on a computer or on your telly because again I think the conceit of it because we watched oh I can't remember what it's called but it's got and I can't remember the actor for fucks good one. Oh my god he was in
1: narrow it down go on
0: shit he was in Star Trek as the guy who they were like oh we've made one of them gay but actually you only see him for like 10 seconds with a dude <laughs> oh god i'm talking about the new star trek by the way
1: i kind of guess that
0: yeah the abrams one um but anyway it was it'll come to me in a minute and that was a film where his daughter goes missing and he starts like investigating it and that is all set on a computer as well and i feel like if you saw that at a cinema it'd be ridiculous like imagine somebody like doing a google search for a stock image of a bird like on a fucking (laughs) imax screen like no Um, yeah yeah oh i think it was called searching Oh, the John Cho one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, John Cho. Oh, that was annoying me so much. <laughs> yeah.
1: You forgot he was in Star Trek.
0: Yeah, well, he's so briefly in it. That's why it was annoying that he was like, yeah, we'll make him the gay one because we don't ever have to show him. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um. Yeah, no, that was an- another one of those movies that it was like, it was good. He's very good. He's always good. But the conceit of it being all on the computer is like, you have to suspend your disbelief about that yeah. like i refuse to believe as many people facetime as they do in these movies i never facetime because i hate my face and i hate the phone i'm like if you need to get in touch with me send me a text,
1: text machine, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah don't even phone me unless it's a i need an answer right this second kind of situation so that's why I hate it when sometimes my sister will phone me and I'm like hello, thinking it's some sort of terrible emergency. And she's like, Alright, Lexi wanted to say hi. I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> and also sort of stuff like that ages films quite quickly. You know, I've heard a few sort of mm. writers and directors say about how they won't use it. It's like the when someone gets a text message and instead of looking at their phone, they see the bubble come up on the screen. Mm. And it's like, you know, in ten years, fifteen years people are people gonna look at that and just
0: Uh, laugh at it (laughs) ridiculous yeah the uh the thing that got me as well about host was like it felt to me like they were trying to force it to be a quarantine film if that made sense so there was like a bit where two of the girls met up and despite the fact that they were in the middle of like a terrifying you know demon nightmare where some of their friends were already dead they still stopped to put a mask on and then like you know doing Did the, the shake hands off. with your elbow thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't need that in this film, really. Like, you know, you've already mentioned that you're in quarantine or whatever. So it doesn't really matter. Like, Sorry. yeah
1: again <laughs> that, that was a I suppose like an attempt to make it really cultural, culturally relevant but <laughs> it, in in years time people will forget that the elbow thing was even a thing
0: well I was wondering that because Rich was saying that he thinks people will like never shake hands or hug again unless they're like really close friends or family and I was like don't say that because I love a hug <laughs> I'll hug everyone on anything
1: um, uh, hey, we'll, we'll get through it a couple of years
0: elbows are weird is my bigger concern <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs> do you know what no, do you know what brief thing about this the thing that's distressed me most about the elbow thing is that throughout the start of the coronavirus thing they were trying to tell you to cough and sneeze into your elbow and because it was like you know then you won't get your germs all over anything you touch with your hands because you won't have coughed into your hands or whatever which is like okay I sort of get where you're coming from but now I've just got like a diseased elbow and then now you're telling me to rub that on people like, what are you doing anyway?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think people have cleaned since then, but yeah, I suppose some people maybe haven't.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Um, host, yeah. I don't know if I could recommend it to people unless they were going to watch it while well drunk with Key and Rich. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like you say, it's, it's under 90 minutes, isn't it? It's something to watch.
0: Yeah, it'll do.
1: At the moment,
0: it, it'll certainly do because I have seen my share of very shit films. Um, oh, yeah over the past couple of weeks we watched uh the night clerk and um yeah yep, i wish yep. i absolutely wish i'd have looked at your review on letterboxd before we watched it because then i wouldn't have watched it uh <laughs> what a I shit just, film yeah it's um it's one of those, yeah it's one of those films where like personally i don't really know enough about like autism and is it asperger's he says he has in it i think so yeah I don't know enough about those things to know whether or not the portrayals are offensive or not. But it definitely feels to me like people don't hire, you know, sensitivity readers and stuff for this sort of thing. And they should.
1: I yeah, think. I mean, it, it kind of started off like, you know, good and positive and that. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, anyone with Asperger's must be like a horny pervert. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. mm, mm-hmm.
0: Very weird. And so boring for a thriller. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't uh, it can't be like it, a sort it, of murder mystery that where nothing happens. Yeah, it wasn't thrilling at all. No. Phil, do you want to talk about stuff that you've seen? Because I've just been waffling.
1: Uh, Project Power.
0: Oh, I've watched that too. So
1: that's the uh, new Netflix one with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And mm-hmm. is it Dominique back? I want to say?
0: I don't know.
1: As <laughs> so it's it's something that's been done quite a lot since superhero genre kind of took off in film and it's the idea of buying powers and you know tablets or drugs or whatever that give you superpowers essentially Mm. um and it's about a well you're not sure there's a a rogue police officer and a, a girl that's selling these power drugs to make money to support her family um and she's a young black girl from the ghetto and then there's um Jamie Foxx who's like a mysterious character who's looking for the source of these drugs Um and it's something we've seen before in like Push and I can't remember it, but you know it, it's it's something that's come up a lot in the last couple of years Um mm. so in that respect the the plot was a bit average and whatever but i thought the the uh, special effects for the superpowers are really good um, yeah. and then the acting of the, those three mains that i named was was quite solid throughout so um that's definitely something I, I say that's a, a netflix one i think i've enjoyed that more than bright and extraction and all those other ones again mm-hmm. i can't see it like people talking about it in years to come and you know getting a franchise from it, although it, I suppose it was left quite open for a sequel. Yeah. Um, and with Netflix money doing what Netflix money does, I wouldn't be surprised if there is one. But I quite enjoyed it.
0: I've almost entirely forgotten it, which I think is tells you
1: <laughs> how, yeah.
0: I, how I felt about it. It was, um, it was one of those films that Rich put on, and I was like, I can't fault it really in any way, in that the score's good, the performances are good, like you say, the effects are good. You know, the story's a bit predictable, but it's fine. Um, But once it finished, I was like, all right. (laughs) Like, okay. I did quite a lot of cross-stitch while I was doing it too, (laughs) because I'm cool. I'm the cool person who's cross-stitching and jigsawing at the same time, like a total fucking boss.
1: Multitasking.
0: (laughs) Um, although the cross stitch will have to take a back seat now because the jigsaw takes up my office desk space, so it's more time sensitive. <laughs> no, I, d- I, d- <laughs> I didn't mind. I didn't mind it, but I don't think like it's not something I would rush to recommend to people. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no. Um, like I've seen, like I was saying, I've seen a lot of stuff. I was just gonna get my little letterbox list out and see how much shit I've watched. Because the problem, the problem that I've been having at the moment, and if people want to fling some recommendations my way, that'd be great. Is that me and Rich will pretty much watch whatever falls into our lap. So like, like you know, we're just sitting there and something has appeared at the top of the Netflix, you know, list, and we're like, all right, it's ninety minutes, that'll do. Um, yeah. I gave Project Power two stars, uh, <laughs> so it's all right. Uh, I think but like, it's like,
1: one of those things you probably never watch again, and you wouldn't recommend to someone, but you don't regret your time, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I will say that. There's a uh, yeah, there's been a lot of like shit movies that I've almost forgotten that I've watched, and it's um, like we watched a film called Only. I don't know if you've nah. seen it. Or heard about it. Well, it, it was another one that was like, it just appeared on Netflix and it, people were giving it fairly average views. So we we're like, all right then. And it's essentially like, well, the basic premise of it is that like this weird comic thing releases a virus on Earth that kills women only. Um, okay. And and it's about this particular couple who they're trying to keep the woman safe um, because she hasn't been exposed to it as yet. But obviously, like you know, the government are starting to be a bit insane about it. Paying like bounty hunters to track down and bring in women to help, obviously with procreation and stuff like that. And it's so dull. Like it's the, mo- <laughs> it's one of the most boring films you could possibly write about a comet that drops a virus that kills women. <laughs> like right, there's like okay, a, yeah. a thousand and one things you could do with that. And what they did was made it a boring like thing about the relationship between this girl and her partner. I'm like, oh for God's sake fucking get off
1: <laughs> oh it's got carl from the walking dead
0: carl! It? yeah when uh, when we were watching it i said to richard oh no, is that carl and he was like i don't know what you're talking about i was like oh,
1: oh bless he's too cool for that
0: yeah, and we watched action point that was also shit <laughs>
1: um, yeah but it was what you expected for a noxio no
0: bit. it wasn't i expected no, no i expected more nonsense if that makes sense all the bits where people fell over really made me laugh but there wasn't enough of it to be honest i'm trying to find a film that we saw that might have been good that uh is fairly recent you know that because i have um i have kept a list of like old things that people keep gasping at me for not having watched that i've now watched um so we watched misery last night which i've (laughs) never seen before and um it's a really good film but who baby it's not uh it's heavy, isn't it? <laughs> oh
1: misery! Yeah, oh yeah. yeah? Did you know oh what God. was coming?
0: Well, i've I've seen the hobbling scene before. Right. From like you know those like top ten grossest bits in movies, all those sorts of things. Yeah. So I knew that, that was coming, but that is the only bit of the film I've ever seen before, and I'd sort of assumed that Kathy Bates's character was like a nutter from the off. So it was actually really interesting to me to see that at the start she just just sort of seemed like a. You know, a nurse who's helping a man who is in a car accident in a blizzard, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. who's a bit of a fangirl. And it's, it's interesting, I think, to see that as well now from the perspective of what fandoms have become nowadays. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good film. And I also saw The Lost Boys, which um, my mum threatened to disown me over if i didn't like it so so i was quite happy to report that i thought it was pretty good it's one of those films though the lost boys that i think i would have liked it more if i'd have seen it when i was younger yeah Um, like closer to the time when it came out i remember a couple of years ago me and my sister tried to introduce her husband greg to labyrinth and he'd never seen it before and of course me and my sister used to watch it all the fucking time when we were younger so we were like dancing the magic dance around the living room and greg was just like what am i seeing what what am i seeing (laughs) it it is that
1: whole nostalgia thing and i think again we've we've lost boys you know there have been arguably better you know vampire films since but obviously everyone goes back to that that moment that they saw it as a child and
0: yeah i'd be interested to see what you think is a better vampire movie because i don't know that i've watched that many vampire films that's one of the areas of horror that i haven't really gone down i can safely say i've seen the gary oldman dracula too many times because it was one of my mom's favorite films yeah and 30 days of night and that and what we do in the shadows
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that might might be it count that yeah it's (laughs) like yeah i suppose you can't quite count blade as a vampire story but um have you seen inter- interview interview with a vampire?
0: Yes, I have. I don't remember it though. I just remember it had Cursed Dunst in it when yeah. she was teeny. That's all I remember about that film.
1: <laughs> on on the, on the tangent of um misery, you were saying yes. Um, it, now you've seen that, it's probably worth seeing if you hadn't already the French and Saunders version because <laughs> they do a very Aww. very good misery.
0: I, can I used to love French and Saunders when I was younger. Is that a weird thing to say?
1: No, 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 not at all.
0: We were talking about um, like comedy stuff the other day because Rich was saying he can't quite fathom out what my style of comedy is because there are things that I don't find funny. Yeah. So you would think, oh, okay, she doesn't like that style of humour, but then I'll like something else very similar. But like, sadly enough, one of the things that I grew up on a lot was Harry Enfield and Friends, and I still find a lot of that very funny even though i know it's not cool to say
1: <laughs> it's all subjective isn't it and i suppose it's you know especially if it's something that reminds you of someone or you can relate to mm. um yeah
0: yeah it's with me with comedy it's one of those things where i'll pretty much laugh at anything as long as it doesn't feel like it's punching down no no so, I'll, like,
1: get, I'll get you on that yeah yeah
0: because we watched um jim Jefferies' is his, his new good lord uh netflixy special or whatever it is whatever it's on i don't know so many streaming services um and there was like a whole bit about fat people and i was like what are you what are you doing though jim (laughs) jeffries you know what are you and there's like a whole bit as well where he's sort of having a go at millennials and it feels very old man yells at cloud like and i I, I, normally i find jim jeffries incredibly funny um we've seen him live a lot of times and uh and like obviously he's like gun control bit does the rounds a lot of the sure, a lot sure. of the time on the internet he's very funny but like this whole bit just felt like he was punching way down and it made me uncomfortable because I was like it's not funny to me to laugh at people who are already down like well, as really- a fat person personally oh. like I don't mind people making fat jokes if they're funny but when you're just pointing out oh fat people are gross I'm like well if I don't that
1: know. becomes the your material then yeah. yeah yeah what are you
0: doing like stop it. Ridiculous. It's
1: like, um, what was it on Twitter, Dan Slot was saying about Spider-Man and it's like, you know, people shouldn't be making jokes where Spider-Man calls the Kingpin fat and mm. stuff like that. And people were, you know, usual internet people, you know, oh, he does it, it's, it's a comic, it's not real. He does it because he's the villain kind of thing. And, and Slot was saying, but there are other things that he can say that are still that Peter Parker quip, but you shouldn't be focusing on X, Y and Z mm. in this day and age. Yeah.
0: It's like, one of the things that really riles me up, and getting mildly political for a moment, but it won't last very long, when people get cross at Donald Trump and they go on about what a fat mess he is, or whatever, and I'm like, first of all, he's not that fat, really, but secondly, being fat isn't inherently bad, stop making out, like, because he's a shitter, that it's okay to take the piss out of his body shape.
1: Yeah, the two aren't connected.
0: No, like people's size and shape a lot of the time is not actually that controllable by them, especially things like you know height and bone density and all that sort of stuff. So like I just think I just think ragging on people's appearances at all ever is just lame. <laughs> like fuck off. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and you know humor's developed in a way that there are so many more clever ways to make people laugh nowadays. You don't need to just resort to those old tropes and drag out that, you know, mm-hmm. let's point and stare, at you know, stare and point at that freak kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And I think as well, a lot of the time, him. Like I don't mind like, like say for example With like fat jokes I don't really mind Fat jokes When people make them About themselves Either because They're picking on themselves They're not picking on You for know, sure For sure Do you know what I mean Like there's a whole bit In like Jim Jefferies bit That really made me laugh Where he was talking About his IBS And that made me laugh Because he was taking The piss out of himself Shitting himself um, Yeah And also I can relate to it Because oh boy I've been there uh, <laughs> <laughs> And it is Not fun Um yeah. <laughs> So like yeah, it's just, comedy's an odd one for me because I'm not one. Of, I don't think that there's like you know stuff that you shouldn't joke about. I think anything's fair game as long as it's as long as the joke is actually funny and not just an insult disguised as a joke.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I can I can, I can see you on that one.
0: I don't know how we got here from misery, but um. <laughs> 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 oh, Phil, have you seen she dies tomorrow?
1: I have not.
0: Sorry. Oh, balls. I was really hoping you'd have watched this because I really want other people's opinions. She Dies Tomorrow is a film about a lady who gets it in her head that she's going to die tomorrow and okay. then she tells her friend, and then her friend gets it in her head that she's going to die tomorrow, and then it spreads between her friends and everyone that she tells and like her doctor and stuff. Is it um, a bit
1: like it follows in that respect?
0: Sort of, yes. Yeah. So it's like a sort of mental virus. I don't know the best way to describe it. Um, I felt like this movie was going to be primed for me to enjoy because I'm a paranoid person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have anxiety. And the film is very much about anxiety and paranoia. It's 100% about that. But none of the characters are empathetic, I don't think, at all. So you don't you don't actually find yourself caring whether or not they die tomorrow. <laughs> right, um, okay. And on top of that, there's also the fact that it doesn't really say anything. Like, I don't think every, every film has to have like a, you know, underlying
1: super clever
0: message or, yeah. yeah. But I feel like when you're doing a film that's very clearly about mental illness, you probably do need to say something. It doesn't have to be useful or even, you know, happy. Like, you could make the point that, no, this is shit and, like, but people have to live with it. Um, but this film doesn't do any of that. But what it does do is a lot of stylistic, fancy cinematography stuff to make okay. you think it's saying things that are important. <laughs> and it, it didn't half annoy me. But <laughs> it's one of those films that I've been looking at the reviews and literally it's either like me going, no, it's crap. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't say anything. It looks pretty, but it doesn't say anything or do anything. It's not interesting. Or pe- other people like Rich giving it five stars and going, this might be the most relatable content of the year and it's... Some of the best stuff I've seen forever, and I'm like, hold on, how do how do I keep getting in positions where I'm like at the opposite end of what other people think? Am I just stupid? Am I just missing the point of all movies? Well, I... That, well no. um, I mean, well, no, I mean that's that's art, isn't it? Like, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it'd be interesting actually to know what sort of the intention behind the film in general might have mm. been, because it feels like as well with you know what's given, what's going on in the world. Uh, at large, that a movie about sort of like a the this you know the, the spread of a thought or a virus or a whatever would be yeah. quite prescient, but no, it didn't feel like it was. I don't okay. know. It's yeah. I'd be intrigued to see what you think.
1: Why right, um, I shall bump uh, that up my watch list.
0: Yeah, it's, defi- it's definitely for me. It was it was a style over substance type situation.
1: So um, usually, usually that's kind of my jam. So. <laughs>
0: you'll come back to me and you'll be like five stars you dumb bitch six (laughs)
1: i'll take one of your stars as well (laughs) you didn't use repurpose that bit uh,
0: well i gave it two and a half because i couldn't decide whether or not the style was good enough to make up for the lack of substance or not so i just went i just went right down the middle because i wasn't sure (laughs) which is essentially what i did with the lighthouse where i was like i don't know because some of it's good and some of it is absolute trash (laughs) I'd
1: yeah I I don't regret watching a two and a half star film.
0: Nah, no, I think that's yeah. I mean, given the number of like one star trash bags we've watched, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to poo two and a two and a half <laughs> Yeah, but
1: <laughs> I'll slip that that's out my what down the list just just before the Detroiters just to piss Richard.
0: <laughs> well, no, he'd probably like it because he loved the film, didn't he? Ah. And he will be like, yeah, Phil watching good shit, good and shit, I'll be man. like, oh, Phil, it's not, it's not, I don't know. <laughs> i feel like did you watch horse girl when that came out
1: yes and i loved it and you two hate it
0: oh god see i feel like this has the same the same feeling for me as that where it was like i felt like i was gonna like it because it's about relatable mental health stuff that i can definitely empathize with and then it just didn't say do anything that made sense to me in that context
1: but i think like you say yeah that was a very much style over substance Mm. And I think, again, that's why I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Not because it was Alison Bree.
0: Yeah, it was. But, you gave it an extra uh, star because uh, she's nice to look at. It's let's, not, not pretend, let's not pretend that any of us wouldn't give it an extra star for having Alison Brie, because I would. <laughs> I think she's beautiful and very talented.
1: But, but you know, I think with, with Horse Girl, it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. I don't know what I was expecting, but it certainly wasn't that. Mm. So, again, maybe that's part of it.
0: Yeah. Did you see... What's the recent one that had her in the uh, husband... Did the no, director the rental the rental no, okay? It's actually it's actually not bad. It's okay. not bad. Didn't mind it. It's it's weird. It's a movie of two halves. <laughs> the first half is like I'm just a mumblecore relationship type movie, and the other half is like oh, it's a home invasion. Ah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yes, pretty good. I mean, I you know I gave I was quite surprised. I wasn't expecting to like it. You see, because from the trailers it just looked very generic to me. Yeah, um, but I think it's uh, it's got I mean, the benefit you, you, of having a good cast.
1: You don't tend to like a lot of sort of indie mumblecore films where just nothing happens, mm-hmm. do you?
0: No, I like I d- you know as much as I was saying that films don't have to have messages or points. I do like it when they you know at least have an arc or something that makes it feels like you've gone from point A to point B rather than just you've just watched a collection of things that happened because <laughs> like, that I think the thing for me with mumblecore cool stuff is it's too much like my own life and that's not what I want from films like I want to watch a film and I want to see something that couldn't happen to me or but I think, do you yeah. know what I mean I mean maybe I couldn't watch them all the time
1: um mm. but every now and again it's nice just to watch something just unfold and think I get that I, I've been there that could happen to me yeah, but then again, I don't tend to watch like a lot of documentaries, so it's good to have varied tastes.
0: We, um, we watched a documentary the other day about Rubik's Cube <coughs> competition.
1: <laughs> people have been raving about that. They, Mate, they,
0: it's actually quite interesting. <laughs> they
1: astound me, these people that just memorise these moves and just do it without even looking and just knowing what to do.
0: Honestly, I find it, I don't know if I've just got like the world's limpest wrists and hands, but I find it really hard to move a Rubik's Cube with both of my hands. So, so watching dudes just like one-handedly, just like do 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 do, do finished, I was like, hold on, that's not human behaviour. <laughs> handle it at all rich rich was like much more interested in like the competition side of it and i was just like look at them go
1: <laughs> well i suppose like the hand movements that you can be trained to do kind of thing and that would eventually yeah. come but Mm-mm. it's just I mean, it's, so I don't it's the
0: memorizing of the like. patterns
1: isn't it yeah exactly i oh, know
0: yeah i can't do check i can't my problem with a lot of games is that i forget the rules very easily that's why I quite like a lot of like card games that we have where the instructions are basically on the cards. Like, Uno, it's Like, it tells you, pick pick three cards up. All right. <laughs> like, oh, reverse it round that way. Okay. <laughs> I am an idiot. I have a genuine idiot.
1: <laughs> I think with that, it's like with a lot of things, with like, it's why I don't get into like, you know, a lot of games and Dungeons and Dragons and RPGs and that kind of stuff. And it's probably kind of a metaphor for my life and why I'm shit with money, but... I very rarely think like three, four, five steps ahead. I can think of, you know, step one, what I'm doing right now. And maybe, you know, maybe occasionally step two and step three are in the back of my mind. But these people that know what they're going to do in 16 moves times and fucking hell, fair play to them.
0: Do you know what gets me about... D and rpgs and stuff as well and this is going to sound like the most pathetic thing anyone's ever said but it's the improv i don't like the pressure of having to think on the spot like i like to know that there are only so many moves i can make and i just choose which, whichever one i want to do and it may or may not work so, whereas like there's like endless possibilities in D mm. and i i don't i don't like i panic about like well what do i pick what's going to work the best like what i haven't got that sort of stra- strategic brain
1: no i 100% all. get you on that 100% get I couldn't,
0: you. I, like i remember once my mom trying to teach me how to play cold dits when i was younger and i was like what are you doing i haven't got a fucking clue <laughs>
1: that's such a bizarre thing to base a game on isn't it?
0: is <laughs> isn't it though what are we i mean there are some like really weird games out there but i what? remember like we had a game night must have been last year now obviously um <laughs> that uh, that we were trying to learn a couple of new games and i felt like a right fucking spanner and the, the, the problem with me as well when i don't get stuff as fast as other people is i start feeling embarrassed and when i start feeling embarrassed i start getting frustrated and when i start mm. getting frustrated i cry <laughs> i'm just like the worst person at a games night because people are like do you want to play this and i'm like i don't know how how just start crying
1: <laughs> just want something simple.
0: Yeah, just can we not just play fucking flux, which again has the instructions on the cards? (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear.
1: But you know, board games are—you know—obviously they became a lot, a lot bigger in you know the last sort of decade and stuff. But thinking about things like fucking Risk, it's like oh. let's let's teach the kids to take over the world.
0: And I always even oh
1: Monopoly's no. got a sinister fucking twist
0: to it. Oh, mate, Monopoly is a fucking house ruiner. <laughs> like, the number of games of Monopoly we've had to give up halfway because everyone hates everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> A copy of Legend of Zelda Monopoly on the shelf and it's still in its uh, it's still in its wrapping because I don't know who I'm ever gonna play that with. Because the thing is as well, it's like when I was living at home obviously I used to play with my mum, Nan and sister and we're not particularly competitive. Yeah. Um so it was like, you know, fairly fine to play games with them. But now that like I remember once trying to play a game, I think it might have been Scrabble with rich his sister Sarah and his mum Pam, and it might have been one of the worst nights of my life <laughs> because it was just Flip constant, like, you're cheating. Stop fucking cheating. I'm not cheating. You're cheating. Well, if you're going to cheat, I'm going to cheat. Like, oh, my God, stop accusing each other of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. And people were so stubborn. You can't do that move. Yes, you can. It's in the rules. No, you can't. Hold on. Let me get the book. Oh, my God. Just make him move, lads.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, families, eh?
0: Oh, no. You've got, you've got to choose your board game players carefully, I think, and it's got yeah. to be a nice mix of people who aren't going to kill each other if... Uh... <laughs> yeah.
1: And add a lot of alcohol.
0: Yes, definitely. Although then, like, I have noticed that when people get drunk, you're more likely to just, like, fuck the game up entirely just by, like, knocking everything over or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, this isn't board games monthly. Um, Phil, that's all the stuff I wrote down because, surprisingly enough, nearly everything I've watched has been terrible. <laughs>
1: Uh, did you watch American Pickle? Yeah, I did. What did you think?
0: I thought it was fine. I like Seth Rogen a lot. I think he's a talented dude. And I thought, you know, the way they had him acting against himself was actually pretty good. One of the better sort of like doubled up actor type situations that I've seen. But I don't know what, what it was for. Do
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a thing <laughs> I, I, I fully expected, you know, being Seth Rogen, I fully expected it to be a full on comedy and go on expecting like fucking Borat or whatever. And it it didn't commit to that, but then it didn't quite commit to being nice and having a message and getting a resolution.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it was a really odd one. Like, there were a couple of bits that genuinely made me laugh, but there was nothing that was, like, properly, like, guffaw funny. And like you say, it didn't, yeah, it didn't really commit to its sort of meaningful plot either. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't, like... Again, it's another one that I don't think I'd say to people, like, oh, yeah, you should rush out and watch it. But I also wouldn't say, like, don't not watch it.
1: <laughs> there were a couple of, like, nice satirical moments at times, you know, especially with regards to, like, social media and uh, yeah. the uh, hipster kind of stuff. But, again, it was either too obvious or not impactful enough.
0: Yeah. It felt like a bit of a wasted opportunity, but I don't, I don't really know what else I expected of it.
1: Mm. But... <laughs>
0: Um, it did really make me want pickles, though so it succeeded in that in that sense um the other uh, day and also watched, Seth Rogan, and also Seth Rogan, I do love Seth Rogan, and with his full like beard, he was looking pretty splendid, gotta say, although he didn't do his patented laugh, which is one of the things that I find the most adorable about him, so you know swings and roundabouts in it um in it <laughs> in <isn't> it, bruv. <laughs> oh God, I'm tired, um. I'm just trying, just racking my brains, trying to think of things that we might have watched that that I could talk about. Do you have any more things that you wanted to talk about, Phil?
1: Can I think? what else? What, what else has come out this year? Or something? did you watch that? Um, I don't know if you've already. You may have talked about the um, Caitlin Moran one.
0: Oh, um, how to
1: build a girl.
0: Build a girl. Yes. One? Build a bear. Yeah.
1: How to build a bear. Yes. Fuck me. Oh. Terrible.
0: Oh God! I'm so glad you said that. I hated it with a, with a fiery passion because Just <laughs> for a, for a movie about music journalism, it doesn't seem like anybody in the in the production of it actually likes any music. <laughs> it was so like the soundtrack is so like standard choices of like what do people think good music is? Uh, the Smiths. Like fuck off. <laughs> Just just get to buggery with that. Yeah, let's um, step
1: away from Morrissey.
0: And I don't think I've ever heard such an unconvincing accent in my life. Like, I, just... I was having I was having this conversation with Rich the other day about accents, and I was saying that like I've never understood why. Because there must be actors with those natural accents. I've never understood why you would settle for a bad one. And there are actors who can do good accents, like fucking, you know, David Tennant does a great not Scottish. (laughs) Like, um, you know, there are people who do very good accent work. But then there are people like Don Cheadle in Oceans Eleven and Bernie Beanie Feldstein in this movie, just shitting all over it. And I'm like, it's not even consistent either. That's the other thing. It's not it's not a bad accent that's the same all the way through. It's different levels of bad. Like I just don't get. Just hire somebody who can do or is from Wolverhampton. Like. Oh <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, even the accent aside, it was just like not a single fucking person was likable in any any yeah. means. And you know, I suppose with the the industry and maybe part of it, that's the point that they were all you know misogynistic cunts, and you mm. know she started to become one kind of thing. But just. No, not even the resolution and just, just all of them. Just not a redeeming thing about a single one of them.
0: The, the thing that really bothered me as well is that there's a really big a big point made that never gets brought back up about how sexually promiscuous she gets at points. Mm. And she's supposed to be, what, 15, 16 yeah. in this film? And these are like 25, 26-year-old dudes going to town on that. And they're quite explicit about it. Um, and then it never gets brought up later. Like there's never any sort of like regret on her behalf or anything like that. And I just think that's a real bad message to be sending as well.
1: And, you know, maybe it's, ba- you know, because obviously it's all semi autobiographical uh, autobiographical or whatever, mm. but just, uh, it just didn't work for me on screen as a film. It's just the, the journey, the art was just pointless
0: yeah a lot of it as well didn't feel real like me and rich were saying as we watched it that if like because at the start of the film i sort of sympathized with her character a bit because i was like oh i was the sort of nerdy loser at school who preferred to like read a book and uh you know didn't really have any friends and people picked on her and blah 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 and i thought oh maybe this is going to be like relatable space content um Mm. and then she puts on her top hat and a ridiculous outfit, and everybody loves that. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I'd have gone to school in a top hat, they'd have torn me a new fucking arsehole. <laughs> it
1: was just a complete 180, wasn't it? There was, it was yeah. not, so like, much oh
0: Everybody loves her because she's got this new top hat personality, and I'm like, oh my god! I remember the first time I went to school on a dress down day in a pair of like wide leg jeans with a hoodie on, and people ripped the shit out of me. There's no way if I'd have rocked up at school in a fucking top hat that I I wouldn't have got verbally murdered. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: just the 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 teachers just didn't give a shit, and uh,
0: yeah, like just all of it was just. And her family were awful. And, like, I mean, aside from her brother seems all right in it, and I actually felt really sorry for him when he sort of comes out to her and she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Wow, what a bitch. Um, But, yeah, no, it's just a dreadful movie about dreadful people doing boring things.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agreed.
0: Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. It's annoying as well because I like her. Mm. Um, Because when Rich said, he was like, do you want to watch this? I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, it's her from Booksmart. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Like a uh, mistake.
1: Well, I think was it Booksmart that got her the role. People saw the the you know the energy and the chaos that she had in that, and just thought. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting though that she was quite believable as being a quite young person. When I'm pretty sure she's like she's not far off my age. I think in reality. Not that I'm trying to cast aspersions on my age. I don't know. But no, no, no. Uh, born
1: 1993.
0: Oh God, she's she's way younger than me then. <laughs> Wow, shit. Now I feel old. Uh,
1: well. Oh, well. God,
0: the 90s.
1: I <laughs> do remember them. Yeah. What are you um, watching on TV then, Stace? Oh,
0: What's not an awful lot. lot. Not no. a lot, to be honest. Um, there's not, I suppose, because there's not been a lot going on at the moment, because um, a lot of the shows that we normally watch, like Flash and stuff, are all on hiatus because of the world. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've watched... Aside from the Detroiters, which we absolutely played through, there's only twenty episodes anyway, so like that was um one of the the bonuses to it anyway, because it's not like we had like a thousand episodes to catch up on Sure. but aside from that, I'm pretty sure I'm sure Rich will listen to this back and be like, "Do you not pay attention to anything we do? We've been watching a million different things <laughs>
1: um, I think the only like, new thing um did you did you um finish up Stargirl or did you
0: leave? Oh yes, we did, yeah, yeah, I don't know. How oh, Phil. Bet Stargo. <laughs> I think when it's good, it's very good, and when it's not, it's total garbage. <laughs> I think
1: well, it's one of those things where it wasn't. It, you know, I'm obviously not the the audience, but it wasn't like as unappealing as, say, uh, Riverdale. Riverdale, oh, yeah. it's just like this is not for you, Phil. Do not even mm-hmm. attempt to press play. Whereas Stargo, it's like this is not for you, Phil, but you won't want to throw it at a brick wall.
0: Yeah we we got through one episode of Riverdale and we were both like never again. Yeah, family. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. No, Star I am um, I really like the superhero bits and I don't like the school bits. And I think that's <laughs> that's where the, the the sort of like target audience bit misses me cuz like in terms of comic reading and superhero stuff, I am very much in that target demographic, but I'm also 34.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so so I, and I mean like English high schools as well are very different from American ones. Um, So I don't even have like a frame of reference really for what, like any of that sort of stuff. And I just don't really even care. But I do think a lot of the superhero stuff was very good. Like the first episode when it opened up on like the original Justice Society and they were all doing amazing things. I was just like, oh, wow. And I think I quite quite like the fact that it didn't cross over with everything as well. Because like as much as like oh, well i mean i don't know if i do even enjoy the flash anymore i just just you just watch I, it i just watch it I like the that's the only one i'm watching now but like because i'm still watching that one whenever there's a crossover i have to watch those crossover episodes and i don't even think i care like i don't know well, i think we
1: with, <laughs> with With stargo like you say the, the justice society bits were good and like the little nod to shining night and, and that sort of mm. stuff but again the family stuff it's like yeah i'm over this it's like but again i can't complain because i know that i'm not a 13 year old girl so it's like this is aimed at people who are going through this stuff
0: yeah i do think mike is one of the best characters in it though you're saying that about the family like i love mike because he's always just thinking about food (laughs) (laughs) he's a man after my own heart is mike he's just like where's dinner (laughs) can i have a (laughs) pop-tart yeah
1: and it's like the kid with the goggles and it's like uh annoys the fuck out of me but then it's like yeah yeah, i can see why they've done that
0: yeah it's one of those things with that where i suppose the difficulty with this series is is that they're literally starting with nothing in terms of people having powers like everybody in this show is getting powers from things rather than having them originally um so like they've got to be really careful with that girl with the goggles because the goggles is her only power and it's just like having smart glasses essentially. Yeah. Um, so she she's a difficult character for them to manage, I think because I can't ever really put her in situations where she might get hurt because she would absolutely die <laughs> she'd just get murdered like she's got nothing going for her other than these goggles. Bless her.
1: But yeah, but, um, so yeah, I don't regret that. Mm. Um,
0: <laughs> I, like, I like how a lot of your reviews today have ended with, well, I don't regret watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> um,
1: I'm trying to think of what else is running. Like you say, everything kind of on well, high. Yeah. So I've just been re-watching fucking... Uh, have you watched uh, Corporate? Are you still watching that?
0: Yes, yes, we are. Still very good. Very, very good.
1: I don't think it's as good as the last couple mm. seasons, but it's it's still very very dry. And then you'll get that bit. It's like the the one where he was thinking about killing himself the whole episode.
0: Oh my gosh, that one was brilliant.
1: Geez. It's 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 good TV, but it's hard to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially when you think, oh, I recognise this sort of stuff. <laughs> like, uh oh. Um,
1: but they're like they they're definitely trying to you know we don't just want to be a a sitcom. We don't just want to be a you know, always sunny or a uh, workaholics kind of thing. They're definitely mm. pushing that satire and that that level of comedy and the tone. Mm. So yeah, really enjoying corporate.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Other than that, I think I have rewatched like every fucking community and every new girl and every everything.
0: They are good to be fair. We finished our rewatch of Scrubs a couple of weeks ago, and it turns out that I've not seen an awful lot of Scrubs. That surprises me. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the thing with Scrubs was that I didn't really start paying attention to it until I met Rich, which was well after it had established itself, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, So it's never been something that I particularly watched. Uh, And if I did, it would just be because it was like on Comedy Central while I was flicking channels and nothing else was on. It's the same same thing that I do with Friends where it's like, oh, I've got like half an hour before I'm doing something and Friends is on. So I'll watch it. (laughs) Um,
1: you just need that background noise don't you why well, you can't be bothered to change a channel and it's like yeah, yeah. I it'll take more time to find something to watch than just to actually watch an episode of Friends
0: yeah I do really like Scrubs though but I, I have found and I don't know I don't know if this is just me but I find JD a lot creepier um than I ever remember him being before and I don't know whether that's because like maybe some of the jokes are a bit more outdated now or maybe it's because my opinion of Zach Braff himself is a little bit different now <laughs> um, yeah
1: it's it's hard to to you know watch stuff in a fresh vacuum isn't it you always
0: yeah.
1: take that the you know the people around it and the actual actors mm. it's like with friends you know friends is very it's very problematic and there's, there's, and you know, people that you're supposed to root for that are actually complete assholes. But, you know, mm. it's still funny.
0: It is still. I, <laughs> I always try and make out, like, Friends isn't funny. Like, no, I'm too cool to watch Friends. But f- Friends can be really funny. Uh, it's such a weird show, though. Because, like, you know, me and Rich were talking about it the other day like that. It ended, like, fucking ten years ago now, is it? Maybe more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it is still, like, on regular – like, people are discovering it who are, like, who were, like our age at the time are discovering it now. Like, wow, look at this show. You're like, what is this?
1: Well, it's like, yeah, you'll, you'll be getting people that weren't even born when it ended watching it. Oh, God. Uh, and it, it's just one of those things. Where, like you say, it's been in complete syndication. I can guarantee that it's been on between, what, E4 and Comedy Central. It mm. probably has been on every day since it ended, and it's on, like, Netflix now.
0: Oh yeah, of course it is. That'll be why people are going all gung ho over it again, aren't they? It's
1: fucking mental, yeah.
0: It is. Oh. What was that? No, no. Oh, sorry, I was just trying to stifle a little burp. <laughs> <laughs> and it also sounded like you like slapped something and I was like, Oh no, what's happening in Phil's house? I'm very don't hot. See it. I'm um rocking a bit of an underboob sweat. Oh, I'm rocking a lot of an underboob sweat, god damn it.
1: <laughs> It's definitely good It's not a video chat then Oh
0: yeah Yeah I did think about saying You know um, (laughs) Because We've got the Chromebook now Rich realised After I did like an episode With somebody where they were Oh it was Cranny It was the last episode Where I was able to see him But he couldn't see me He was like Oh you could have just used The Chromebook And I did think about Suggesting it today But I knew I was going to get hot And I have got like Two giant D-shaped Sweat patches under my tits So You know It's not It's not um, Sexyville In Stace Town right now (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that after needs to that, be the episode title
0: after that update on my tit sweat got anything else <laughs> that you want to talk about for liam i
1: don't think so i think we've covered all bases really <laughs> i can't say I've, I've read any comics or books or anything
0: oh i've read some comics good lord Ooh. i know Can well, you, you read, imagine? Like read. Normally, uh, well yeah i know i uh, i've been catching up on middle west
1: is that the of young
0: one it is, yes, it's got a young story about uh, a boy who's got sort of like anger based windy powers. <laughs> the best way to describe it. Um, who's sort of trying to find himself slash run away from his dad who can't control his anger kind of thing. And it's, um, sort of, sort of fantastical hero quest type thing that's really good and i love scott young anyway it's a bit wonderful um and i've been catching up on man eaters which i'm i think i'm about 14 issues in now and i still don't know if i like it (laughs) um
1: chelsea kane and i can't remember the artist
0: but yeah so neither can i so it's yeah it's the about women that turn into like panthers on their periods yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what it's going for so i don't know if it's Good. <laughs> if,
1: I, well, I seem he to he remember Rich raving about. I seem to remember Rich raving about it one Christmas, but I never picked it up.
0: Yeah, he um he put it in his top five. It must have been the Christmas before last because we've uh, not read comics for a while. Um, yeah, he 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 was the one who sold me on it, and uh, I don't. I think to me it feels like there's a f- a fine line. I feel like it's trying to be feminist. And based on what I know of Chelsea Kane and everything, it, it probably is. But some of it comes off as actually being kind of like, oh, but women are just mental when they're on their periods, aren't they? Um, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: at least it's a woman saying it
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose there is that insight And there's also a lot of, like, stuff in there About how men react to that And use that as um, against women and stuff Which, I I get that sort of messaging But there's a lot of stuff in there That I just think is just, I don't know I just don't know what it's doing So I haven't quite decided if I'm fully on board with it yet I gave up on Gideon Falls, I'm sorry, Phil
1: Um, I don't write it, but... (laughs) (laughs)
0: no but i remember you were
1: oh i I really enjoyed it yeah
0: i got to a point where i hadn't read any issues for a couple of months because my brain was just like nope and then when i tried to get back into it i just found it i just it was just like a no like i couldn't understand what was happening and i couldn't remember what had happened previous and i was just like i don't get it anymore (laughs) so i just gave up on that um
1: because that that's been option for tv hasn't it
0: I believe so yeah which I'll probably watch because I was really enjoying it when I was reading it regularly but that little break in it because it's very sort of um, it's non-chronological and it's very sort of horrory and fantastical and stuff there's a lot of stuff that happens in it that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and there's a lot of stuff that happens that you're not sure is even real Um, and so having that break in it just made me entirely forget what was happening? I think
1: it is the kind of thing that reads better in trades. And like I say, I'm not reading anything at the moment because I just haven't got back into the swing of it after the whole, you know, the ever, nothing being published kind of thing. I think I was reading stuff quite frequently up until March and then I haven't read anything since then. And, you know, stuff started to come back into production, but I can't remember what the fuck I last read.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see, I've been playing catch up because I took a really big break from comics like i'm talking like a six month break from reading things just because just because my brain just couldn't really contemplate <laughs> like i don't know i just yeah, i'll go through phases sometimes where i'm like all about comics and then i'll just stop for a bit and i do the same with like podcasts there will be a, i'll go through a phase where i'm like six podcasts a day and then suddenly i'll be like i don't want to listen to anything yeah. and I, don't, yeah. I don't know why it's just like my brain's just like can we do something else so I'm just sort of getting back into things now. Like, I was just finishing Farmhand, which is really good. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. It's the guy who did – did you ever read Chew? Uh,
1: the the writer or the artist?
0: I think it was the – I think it's the artist. Is it Rob, Rob Giller? Giller yes, Giller?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so it's his book, which is about – a guy who comes up with a seed that can regrow like limbs for transplant or organs for transplant and stuff, and it all starts going a bit awry oh, that's nice. <laughs> as, as it does you know in comic land. Um, but that's really good. His art style is wonderful, and it's a re- it's like it's like a combination of like comedy and science fiction and a little bit of body horror. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's a really good, really good book. And um, what else have I been reading? Oh, Witchfinder. Been catching up on Witchfinder as well. Um, which is one of the Hellboy universe um, uh, yeah comics about Edward Grey back in the like Victorian times, investigating, you know, things like Jack the Ripper and that. <laughs> it's really in The
1: BPRD universe. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And is that who's that by? Or?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not it's not Mignola though, is it?
0: No, no. So there's um he's been doing like the odd story here and there like the one-off um because hellboy technically ended but there's still yeah. a lot of hellboy comics coming out that are like plugging the gaps in his history gotcha. um so there's been i think there was like hellboy 1945 and stuff like that uh, or like a random christmas special that he's been chipping in on but most of the more ongoing stuff has been other people but it is like BPR, the BPRD universe is one of those ones where i feel like they've just managed somehow to get the perfect people working on it because everybody seems to really get it like yeah, yeah. that that universe has never sometimes the stories themselves aren't for me but it's never been badly written it's never been badly drawn there's always been like a purpose to where things are going
1: it's never too oversaturated either.
0: yeah you it's don't just get
1: that fatigue from it
0: yeah, I think it's, a, to be honest, the, the BPRD verse is probably my favourite universe of comics.
1: Hence why the Hellboy film sucked.
0: Yeah, I hated it so much. <laughs> Stop putting Milly in things. <laughs> She's not good. <laughs> what a horrible thing to, to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know uh, what? She's fine, but she wasn't good in Hellboy anyway. No,
1: I don't think anyone was.
0: no. I did, to be honest, I think that film was just doomed from the script, wasn't it? Because like, when they announced... um, Oh, God, why do I keep forgetting everybody's fucking name? From Stranger Things? Yes. God, I can't even Blake, remember his Blake's name. Hopper. Stranger Things, Hopper, yeah? yeah? Is it David Harbour? David Harbour, Harbour, yeah. That sounds right. When they announced him as Hellboy, I thought, ooh, that could actually work. Because as much as I think Ron Perlman was amazing... I don't think he's of the right like age to do it now, unless you were doing like a grizzled old Hellboy, mm. you know, something's happening in the present kind of thing. So I thought, oh, actually, he he could be a good successor to this role. And I do think there were bits where he was good, but the stuff he had to work with in that film was just yeah,
1: draft it it draft just made no draft. sense. It it was just you know, a really <laughs> bad representation of the comic.
0: It really was. And I think what really annoyed me about the film was there was a bit at the end, um, and I'm going to spoil it because it's, a, it's old enough now that I don't feel bad about doing that. <laughs> um was a bit at the end where all these like monsters start coming out of the earth, which is actually like reference to a really big storyline that was going on in BPRD at the time. Um, I think it had not long finished as the movie came out. And it just looked so God trashy is. yeah and I was just like they made like in the comics this was like holy shit squeaky bum times
1: it whereas in the film man.
0: I was like this looks like shit and also nobody seems to care like they're just there like
1: like <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> great, yeah
0: such an infuriating film
1: it'll be quite interesting to see how he is in um Black Widow if that eventually ever comes out
0: yeah I wonder if uh, if and when that will do uh-huh. I'm, um, I'm a bit torn on him To be honest Because I really liked him In a couple of seasons Of Stranger Things And I hated him In the last season I thought it was crap And I'm annoyed That they're blatantly Going to bring him back For the next season
1: Yeah yeah. Fucking garbage So they've got to you...
0: kill a kid In series four I'm not having it If they all make it Through the next fucking season I'll quit <laughs> I'll just like, quit
1: one of, the, one of the actors Has got to You know Get too big for their boots And want out Surely soon.
0: Well I feel like If that was going to be the case That's going to be Finn Isn't it um, Maybe because isn't he in Ghostbusters, whenever that comes out.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know how feel about that film.
1: Hasn't Millie Bobby Brown got a new series coming out soon? Again on Netflix. Isn't oh. she the um, Sherlock Holmes? She's the female. Oh,
0: Sherlock. yeah. I forgot about that. I watched the trailer for that and then forgot about it immediately.
1: <laughs> that happens quite a lot to you, doesn't it, Stace?
0: Yeah, I think, I think the problem for me is that if things don't catch my eye immediately, I'm just like don't care
1: <laughs> with the volume of stuff that's out there i suppose mm-hmm. you know that's fair enough in it
0: yeah it's funny though because you would think well i've got more time to you know put my attention on things <laughs> that i'd be more interested in seeking things out but no <laughs> not the case
1: but and then we've got what tenet out next week and then new mutants finally out the week after
0: yeah i d- i mean <sighs> I can categorically say I'm not going to the cinema to see either of those things. Yeah. Um, as much as I would absolutely love to see Tenet on the big screen, because it's undoubtedly going to be probably amazing. If not plot-wise, then visually it'll be a fucking treat, I think.
1: It's bizarre that all the critics have come out and just said it's it's bang average. Really? Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh,
1: so, but I don't know if it's just the critics being, you know, circumstanced or they just expected it because it was going to, you know, save cinema and all this kind of stuff. I don't know if it's just them reacting to it, but not that I, you know, put a lot of faith in, in you know, cr- film critics generally. Yeah. But it's just interesting just to see. It's not quite a backlash, but I think it's got more to do with the circumstance than the actual film itself.
0: Yeah, I wonder whether that will affect, like, a lot of people's enjoyment of things. Because I think that's why a lot of films have been putting themselves off rather than sticking themselves on a streaming service, haven't they? Because they're yeah. potentially fearful of the reaction that people might have seeing it for the first time, like on a normal telly or a computer screen or a phone.
1: <laughs> well, I think you know this is definitely the benchmark and a lot of films have been waiting to see what it does. And the, the problem with it is obviously it's a film that's designed to be seen, seen in IMAX. Mm. So...
0: Yeah. Eh. I just don't trust cinemas yet
1: <laughs> yeah now i get that i get that
0: i went to the pub for the first time last night like it's the first time i've been anywhere that's indoors since the lockdown that's not the co-op and I only yeah. went the co-op like twice, um, so yeah. And it was a weird, it was a weird experience. Like the whole time, as much as I had a lot of fun with my friends, like the whole time I was just on edge because I was like, anytime anybody came near me, I was like, "Don't come near me." <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? It,
1: it, where are you going? It, it, it's a, it's bizarre out there still. You don't want to go anywhere where there's too many people. Mm. But.
0: cinemas as well are a bit notorious for not being particularly clean, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> oh, that's it. so like that's the other thing that bothers me because like i was saying to rich like pubs i don't mind so much because you can like you can visually see them cleaning tables in between folks and stuff like that but like lights
1: are on it's quite bright it's It's quite yeah,
0: yeah for me it's public transport and cinemas and like having to get on a bus that i know they don't clean in between passengers because how the fuck could they um and then getting to a cinema that's like you know, yes, they can mark some seats as not being sitting on or whatever, but then that means everybody who's in that cinema is sitting on the same few seats.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: um, so surely all of the germs are just going to be around those chairs. <laughs> but maybe I'm just super paranoid. I don't know. I could be. Well,
1: I'm, no, I'm in the same boat. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks pays out. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Especially. I'm amazed to see that they're, they're actually releasing it because the last I'd heard... And it was only a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. They was saying, oh, it's been delayed like indefinitely. And then I saw an advert on the telly like a couple of days later that was like, 10th, August 23rd or whatever the fuck. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I don't know. It must be really weird for like trying to run a business at the moment. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Let's not talk about that, though. Um, hey, have you listened to any new music this year, Phil? Because you're better at it than I am.
1: <laughs> um. Well, let's... Well, we'll definitely both have listened to the the, the Taylor Swift album, won't we?
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people are like raving about it, and you know, it's genre creating and genre defining, and she's doing all this and she's doing all that. But for me, it's a great album. You know, don't don't get me wrong. One definitely one of the best albums of the year, and, and in recent years, and certainly far better than her last two. But it's nothing special in the, you know, the 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 realm of you know of history and whatnot i still think 1989 is a better album
0: well yeah i think it depends what mood you're in you see because this album the thing i can't remember what the actual album's called now folklore folklore there you go i knew it was something mythical the thing that i find a bit odd about it is it's very samey and it's very long there's a lot of songs on it it's like 17 songs or something It might even be more than that um and they're all of the same ilk, I feel there's a couple of standout ones. Like I really like the one with Bonnie Vere, hmm. um, but the mood of it is very well. It's folklore, it's very mythical, it's very ethereal, it's very downbeat. It's not. Whereas, like at the moment, that's not really what I'm looking for in music. So I would rather put on Shake It Off and twat around the kitchen like a dickhead. So... <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get
1: yeah. you. On that one. <laughs> um,
0: but I do, I do like the album. But I, th- I th- thought it was really interesting because when it came out I was seeing a lot of people saying like oh she's this generation's Joni Mitchell and all that sort of stuff and I was like well we're really big in this stuff aren't we <laughs> like is it, that, is it going. <laughs> like no I think it's fine like I think it's absolutely fine but I don't know I, do, I think it might just be my mindset though like if this had come out last year this time last year when none of this was happening <laughs> maybe I'd be more into a, a slightly more downbeat like sort of beautiful album but at the moment, it's not really my jam. I've been more, I've been listening to um, Jesse Ware's album a lot.
1: Yep, so like uh, that, that's a perfect dance around your kitchen album. That it is, an isn't it? Absolute it's disco so banger.
0: Good, just disco jam sesh. I love it. That will definitely feature on the two new playlists that I'm now apparently <laughs> curating just for the parlor. Yeah, I think that's more what I'm in the the mind space for at the moment. So as much as I do. Think that a lot of the tracks on the Taylor Swift album are genuinely lovely. Like I say, the Bonnie Vera one is a stunning song, but it's not the kind of song I want to just put on and hear right now. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, Planet Booty on the other hand, <laughs> uh, just um, the fact that they're called Planet Booty is wonderful. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you can't not smile. Indeed. Kids at Midnight.
0: Never heard of them.
1: It's a Australian female artist. Very eighties pop. Oh okay. And that's good stuff. Excellent. Nice and lively. Um oh one thing that I listened to which I didn't expect to the new album by the Chicks. It's oh, former, formerly the Dixie Chicks.
0: Yeah. I find the drop Chicks that word. I find the Chicks a terrible name for a band. I'm sorry. Like yeah. it doesn't work at yeah. all. At
1: all. But yeah, that album surprised me and I don't I still don't know how I li- I ended up listening to it. I think again it must have been something that Spotify just pushed <laughs> my way but I quite enjoyed that one. Nice. What about you?
0: Too, I t- well, at the moment, I'm just browsing my Spotify. And to be honest, I haven't really listened to much new stuff because I've been on a bit of a podcast kick. And then when I tend to put music on, I want to dance around the kitchen and sing along, which I can't do to things I don't know. So,
1: so you just go back um, to the familiar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I did... Um, Obviously, downloaded Lady Gaga's latest, and, um, it's very good. I mean, it's very good if you like Lady Gaga. It's not very good if you don't, because it's much of muchness in you know,
1: for... I think, yeah, I think I listened to it once through and then can't remember a single thing about it.
0: Well, there's a couple of like real standout tracks on there for me, but. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I think the fact that a lot of people have been sort of selling it as like her greatest album ever I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd say that But she's one of those artists that I have a weird relationship with Like Beyonce, I like an awful lot of her singles Album tracks I can take or leave for the most part So yeah, I find a lot of, there's a lot of like standout tracks to me There's like half of the album is like banging and the other half is like I've forgotten it and there's a track with Elton John that I just do not like. Their voices do not go together. And it's weird because she's got an amazing voice and he's got a great voice. Do not go together at all. <laughs> it's like chalk and cheese.
1: <laughs> but I suppose all that's the kind of the beauty of the digital age, isn't it, really? You can just listen just to the singles that you want quite easily.
0: Mm, yeah, just having a little flick through. I don't think there's anything new, really, that I've not already talked about because I am a terrible human being. Wow. Uh, so... Yeah, Heim's new album was uh, average. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bang average. All right, listening. <laughs> um, uh,
1: have you listened to Diet Sig? Nope. Uh, I think you are like then, Bit bit Charlie Bliss-esque.
0: Oh, okay. I'll um, give that a while. Yeah,
1: that, that's a decent album. And thinking about it, it's not too long either. It's like about 10 or 11 songs. It's only about half an hour.
0: Oh, yeah, good stuff.
1: <laughs> that's a nice one to get into.
0: Yeah. Oh, and of course, I've been listening to um, RTJ quite a lot rtj4
1: yeah i suppose that goes without saying doesn't it um
0: yeah yeah
1: it's like it's... so much weight for it and then you forget it's come out but oh no it's came out
0: yeah it's very good um sorry i was just burping again phil no, i'm works? too hot i'm really sorry i'm gonna have to <laughs> i'm gonna have to rein date the episode here before i actually die of sweat i can feel my fringe turning into a pair of like handlebars because they're curling so much from the sweat on my eyebrows
1: Lovely. um <laughs> <Lovely> image there <laughs>
0: Would you like to tell the lovely people where they can find you on that their internet should they wish to hear more from you? Yeah, go on then. So
1: Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd and Spotify and whatnot. It's all phlpt so flip so I have no eyes. Um I can hear you laughing away.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a combination laugh and like trying to sort my fringe out. I'm sorry. That's um <laughs> I'm having a hard time, Phil. Thank hard you so time. much for for parlouring with me today.
1: Always a pleasure. Always it's, an enjoyment.
0: It's been a sweaty treat.
1: <laughs> a sweaty treat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh listeners i'll see you next month in my birthday month not that i'm excited about my birthday I, d- I don't know how to feel this year about my birthday because on the one hand i'm like yes it's birthday and on the other hand i'm like it's mm. just a Saturday. day
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, yourself into oblivion yeah.
0: let's drink all of my beers i don't have that many beers left i'm quite sad about it i might have to order some more she got Maybe any recommendations birthday... for fruit beers? <laughs> Maybe the birthday
1: fairy will bring you some beers. You never oh, know. I hope
0: so. Is that birthday fairy called Phil? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> right,
0: yeah. I'm going to go and I'll change this, this fucking top. Dry out yeah, my enjoy. tits. Enjoy. <laughs> Love you all. Bye. Bye. I can't believe I just said dry out my tits. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to Parlor at gmail.com, or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month.